Welcome everyone to the Avengers Podcast, where we talk Marvel, DC, Star Wars, and more. I'm your host, Torn, and with me is my co-host, Peyton. Hello. Uh, um, so uh, you know, I you know, usually we'd uh, get right into it, but uh, it's probably best that we start off the podcast with some very unfortunate news, uh, you know, sort of to get it out of the way, because... Uh, it's it's a downer. Um, our sort of side of the internet, this uh, superhero fandom, has experienced one of the biggest losses we've had in a long time. And uh, that is uh, we have lost Kevin Conroy. He has passed away at age 66 which is way too young in 2022. Um, absolutely devastating. He was, I mean, he was Batman. Like, he was the Batman, the definitive Batman. Uh, there will never be another Batman like him, I don't think, not in the same way. I don't think there ever will be a Batman like him. He just embodied the role perfectly in every aspect, in every corner, whether it was Batman, the animated series or the Arkham games or the justice league cartoons. Uh, he was incredible. And of course, uh, all the people surrounding him. I mean, obviously sending all our, all our love to them, friends, family, his Batman family, Andrea Romano, Bruce, Tim, uh, Paul Dini, Mark Hamill, Tara Strong, all of them. Uh, it sucks, man. It sucks. And, um, you know, like with him being the definitive role, Batman, he was, he made a lot of people's childhoods. Like, you know, I remember waking up on Saturday, you know, Saturday mornings, uh, watching Batman the animated series. Um, just hearing that iconic theme and hearing his voice across like so much, um, you know, m- media of Batman for so many years. Um, he, he brought a joy in a lot of people's hearts and, um, it's, it's quite, it's quite surreal to say that he's gone, you know? Yeah. Incredibly um, sudden. Yeah. Incredibly uh, sudden too. He had a short battle with cancer. So I, I hope, I hope that he knew how many people he's touched and inspired, uh, not just as Batman, but just as a person, because you ask anyone that's even breathe the same air as him, they'll tell you that he's the nicest guy in the world. So, yeah. I don't know how to move on from this. <laughs> uh that, that it's just it's awful. Uh again, we wish uh, his friends and family the best. And uh Worst. Yeah. And I mean may he rest in peace. Yeah, may he rest in peace, of course. Yeah, so yeah, let's move on before this gets any sadder. Um we have a great show for everyone this week. We are going to be talking about Black Panther Wakanda Forever, of course, just came out this weekend. Uh, we're going to be, uh, you know, doing not spoilers and spoilers. Uh, those will be the time codes will be in the show notes or the description. So if you want to just jump straight to the review, you can do that. But of course, we have the news of the week. Um, but before that, did you watch anything this week other than the Black Panther? Not, not really. Um, I was, I, uh, I try. I try to start. It's always sunny, and I, I, I didn't follow through. So probably today, maybe I wanted to watch Barbarian, um, like before we saw Black Panther, but I didn't go through with that either. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know if I'm in a slump or like I just I'm just lazy, but I don't know. I really want to watch something, but I just haven't had the chance to. That's tough. I mean, you'll get the itch eventually. Yeah. Uh, 
I watched a weird in Al Yankovic, an Al Yankovic story, uh, which is, of course, the quote unquote biopic of Weird Al Yankovic starring Daniel Radcliffe. And this shit was wild. If anyone doesn't know what this is, it's a Weird Al Yankovic biopic ish because it's because it's Weird Al Yankovic. It's a parody of biopics. So it's uh, nothing is to be taken seriously in that film. Um, none of it even comes close to real. I mean, maybe a couple of things like that are like maybe derived from reality, but it's not. None of it's legit. Um, uh, I won't do any. I won't say any spoilers because it just came out. But if you have a way to watch it because it's a Roku original, which is, you know, kind of annoying, but if you have some way to watch it, a Roku app, I'm pretty sure you can do it on your mobile device or maybe even PC. I'm not actually sure. Uh, I would highly recommend watching it because it is just a blast. It's really stupid. It's one of those movies, just really, really dumb, but it's, it's, it's smart in its stupidity, if that makes sense. But, uh, yeah, that is all I watched. So let's move on to the news. Uh, The Acolyte has been on production with Carrion Moss, Daphne Keene, and more joining the project. So, you know, we got Carrion Moss, you know, Matrix fame, and Daphne Keene, who, you know, is, who plays X-23 in Logan. Uh, she was fantastic. <laughs> so, she was. Yeah, so I'm really excited to see what she brings to the Star Wars universe. That's uh, that's super exciting. And then uh, this is according to Deadline. Sean, I still don't know how to pronounce this man's last name. It, it, it's either Levi or Levy. I don't know. I'm going to say Levi. And if I'm wrong, then oh well. <laughs> Sean Levi is in talks to direct a new Star Wars film. So... I imagine if he's in talks now, maybe that's going to happen. Maybe after he's done with Deadpool three, I don't know. But you know, the movies that I have I have seen of uh, of his, which is Real Steel, Free Guy, The Adam Project, and whenever Deadpool three comes out, I've liked all, I liked I liked most, if not all, of his movies that I've seen. So him doing a Star Wars movie, I'm I'm down. Down too. Very very solid director. Indeed. I'm looking up what he's done. He did Night at, the, Night at the Museum? Oh, he did. Wow. Okay, well, I've seen more than I thought, I guess. He did the internship at Google. Really? Yeah. I heard that was bad. Oh. Oh, wait, no. My, my fault. I got I confused with the interview. No. <laughs> Seth Rogen and no, James Franco. No, no. Movies goaded. That is, yeah. So it's probably one of the like the only like Seth Rogen movies that I like really really like. But uh, yeah, let's move on to some Marvel news. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya will voice Spider Punk in Across the Spider Verse. Yay! Let's go, Hobby Brown. Hobby Brown, fantastic casting. Super excited to see what he brings to that man. Across the Spider Verse is looking stacked. I don't remember when it comes out. I just know it's next year. Um, I think it's March, maybe. Or maybe May? I feel like it starts with an M, whichever the month is. But yeah, that's super cool. Um, the, this next piece of news is according to Daniel RPK. It's rumored that Owen Wilson will reprise his role as Agent Mobius in Deadpool 3. He'll reportedly have a large role in the film, which is that's pretty dope. Very interesting. So I guess considering, I guess Deadpool th- is jumping between universes, I guess, and maybe the TVA is like, the fuck you doing, man? <laughs> what do you what do you what are you doing? He's just wreaking havoc. You know, Loki can't do magic and shit, but Deadpool's just wrecking shit because because he's Deadpool. So that'd be uh that'd be fun. And also according to Nailer RPK, it's rumored that we'll see the two thousand five Fantastic Four team in Deadpool three. <laughs> That's fucking dope. So Deadpool three is sounding crazy. So I wonder now I'm like is, well, I guess he would. I, I, I was thinking to myself, like, maybe I wonder how much Wolverine will actually be there. But I guess he, he Ryan Reynolds always described it as a road trip with them. So maybe it's a road trip across different multiverses with Wolverine. That'd be fantastic. 
imagine they um you know both Deadpool and Wolverine uh time travel to the part where uh, Reed Richards like does like the CGI face with Wolverine. Oh. <laughs> and Wolverine's like what the f- <laughs> kills him. Right? But yeah. That was it. <laughs> that was it. That was it for the news of the week really short. Uh, news of the week this week. Not a lot of news, but it is what it is. But, you know, I feel like that's always the case whenever a new movie's out because that dominates the news cycle. So, which means it's time to get onto our topic, which is, is of course, reviewing the newly released Black Panther Wakanda Forever. We're going to be doing non-spoilers and spoilers. So, uh, yeah, just Dorn, why don't you just give us your uh, general non-spoiler review thoughts? Um. So, at the end of the movie, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> Um, I was actually really excited for this movie, um, a little bit more than the, than the first one. Um, and I, I can absolutely say that I loved it. Um, the acting, um, and the costume design, set design, everything about this movie was, uh, wonderful. Uh, Ryan Coogler definitely gets his props for sure for being dealt with, dealt with such a monument, you know, monumentous task of you know paying respects to uh the late Chadwick Boseman right? may he rest in peace uh, while also moving forward with the character that is Black Panther and like I said he did such an amazing job with it um and also introducing uh Namor or in this movie Namor the Submariner uh with this with such a great great acting from a Oh, like I said, this this movie is such it's it's really good craft, really well crafted, um, and I think that everyone should go see it as soon as possible because this movie introduces a lot of stuff that's going to be playing into the later phases of the MCU, um, and I would give this movie a good nine nine and a half just for just just for the looks alone, but also the performances were amazing. Such as from Letitia Wright, uh, Angela Bassett, uh, Denai Guerrero, and Martin Freeman as well. But just, yeah, this movie was amazing. And I truly, truly loved it more than the first. High praise. Definitely. Uh, I think it's safe to say that between the two of us, we would call the first movie overrated. <laughs> I mean, we thought it was, <laughs> thought it was fine. Yeah, I uh, think it's good. Yeah, like seven out of ten is good. <laughs> yeah, but, it's uh, good. Certainly not to the level that everyone else seems to love it. But this movie, this is this movie feels like what I think. What I feel about this movie is what other people felt about the first movie. Yeah, I thought it was fantastic. A massive step up from the first one, which just makes it all the more unfortunate that you know we lost Chadwick Boseman because even the original idea for the second movie was also great and also seemed pretty uh, serious, I guess. Because uh, this movie, I guess, in comparison to the last two movies in a row we've gotten is is a lot more serious, even though, like, I mean, I'm a, I don't want to get into the whole fan base argument. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this movie is definitely more serious, especially considering the subject matter and stuff. Uh, it's It pays tribute to Chadwick Boseman incredibly well while also not being too hung up on it. Like, it's not the main plot point, you know what I mean? So it manages to pay tribute, pay respects to Chadwick, while also pushing its own story forward and uh, pushing the MCU forward. Uh, Like you said, uh, Ryan Coogler had an impossible task to uh, deal with the absolute sudden death of Chadwick Boseman completely completely changed the script to fit that i mean to take characters in, into completely different directions than he initially was you know <laughs> expecting i guess and he nailed it and the movie's not perfect of course yeah for but, sure i mean this i've seen other people say it and i think they're right i think considering the circumstances this is the best movie we could have gotten mm-hmm. under the circumstances. And 
you know, again, like the performances, uh, Tanakh Muerta, it was incredible. Uh, I didn't know, I'm not familiar with him as an actor and, you know, I'm not even really familiar with Namor all that much either. And he did great. <laughs> I, I, I imagine uh, for, for, uh, a Namor in the MCU, uh, he was a, he was the perfect balance of intimidating, scary, and sympathetic. Uh, but at the same time, I feel like the film with the villain falls into similar pitfalls that it did in the first one. I didn't like it as much as you. <laughs> I'd give it an eight out of 10. So not that far behind, <laughs> but uh, it was like, it felt like similar to the first one with Killmonger. It's like the villain is so clearly right. <laughs> so let's make part of their motivation, something absolutely outlandish. <laughs> so, so it's clear that they're a villain. So the Killmonger was like, Hey, maybe you should share your resources with the world and stuff. And it's like, yeah, he's right. <laughs> maybe, maybe you should do that. But also, Let's kill all the white people. (laughs) (laughs) And with, and with Namor, it's like, Hey, um, you know, colonizers and stuff like what they've done to my people and, uh, and stuff like that. So, you know, that's not cool. So let's just take over the entire land, (laughs) even though like, uh, it's, and it's like, it, 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 like it works, but it's also like, it's flawed. (laughs) It's not, but you know, at the same time, they are villains and at the end of the day, they do have to be wrong, but it's, it's still better than a lot of the other MCU villains. So yeah, for sure. uh, It is what it is. As far as like, uh, again, more performances, Angela Bassett was incredible. Um, Letitia Wright, you know, my thoughts about her (laughs) as a person aside, uh, she, she knocked it out of the park with this really, really impressed me to be honest. Riri Williams, the uh, inclusion of her played by a uh, Dominic Thorne uh, was incredible. You know, we had our worries about Ironheart still some worries because, you know, this wasn't her movie. This isn't her series. So, but uh, she didn't do anything stupid. <laughs> she, she didn't do any, she didn't make any dumb decisions. So um, I'm pretty uh, happy about that. Um, I see some people, complaining about you know the um how exactly this battle between um talokan and wakanda came about but some people calling it very petty but also that's just kind of how wars are (laughs) so that that uh that tracked for me um of course uh everett ross is in this played by martin freeman he was great um torn and i talked a little talked about it a little bit uh you know off air, but, uh, I see some, we see some people saying that, uh, Everett Ross's inclusion and Riri Williams inclusion felt shoehorned in. Uh, I can't speak for Thorne, but for me, I disagree. I can see some, I can not Riri Williams. I, I thought her inclusion felt very natural, but with Everett Ross, I can kind of understand. I can't, I can't get into part of that, of the reason why, because it's a spoiler, but, uh, I thought, I thought it was, I thought it was fine. Just based, just, I mean, certain plot elements, it just makes sense for him to be there. So yeah, I really enjoyed it. Eight out of 10. Oh yeah. I was, I was going to say something, but I forgot. Was it about the Dang. shoehorned in stuff? No, it wasn't about the shoehorned in stuff. Dang, I, I forgot. It, it'll, it'll come back to me whenever All right. um, I, think, I think about it. Well, that was our, our non-spoiler section. So Let's move on to spoilers. Um, the I can't believe Doctor Doom was in this shit, man. That's crazy. <sighs> right. No, but uh, the beginning of the movie, I mean, they hit you immediately. <laughs> I mean, they just, you sit down, the movie starts, and they punch you right in the face. Uh, they did exactly what I hoped they would do, which is essentially give T'Challa exactly what we got in real life. Um you know, uh, T'Challa clearly has an illness. They never specify what, um, which is, which makes sense. And of course it's very sudden. Everything about it is true to, uh, what we experienced with Chadwick in real life. So that was great in a sad way. (laughs) Everyone in this scene was 
firing off on all cylinders, especially Letitia Wright, desperately trying to find a a cure through the uh, the plant or whatever that she can't uh, replicate because Killmonger burned them all. Yeah, this opening was just it was just a gut punch, and then of course the intro starts, and it's the Chadwick Boseman version of the intro, just completely silent. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> Just starting off, starting off crazy. So yeah, then there was a time jump one year later, which means the film takes place in what? Because he had to come back, so it's at least 2024, and then there's a year jump. But how long, when did he... Okay, because no, okay, like, of course, you know, Endgame takes place in 2023. All right, 2023, that's right, that's right, that's right. Because Endgame takes place in 2023... Says, so that means he he must have died, yeah, within like twenty twenty four, like or just or like or uh, actually no, the I'm, I'm assuming the funeral takes place like twenty twenty four. Sure, but then there's your jump, so it's, so the the so, bulk yeah, so of the, the movie takes place in twenty twenty five. Yeah, okay. So it's twenty twenty five now, and um, things are okay. I guess it's mostly fine. <laughs> They're all sad, or or they, uh, Shuri was all sad, and they go to that lake. Yeah, they all go to that lake, and then, like, you know, uh, there's a, a, a certain ritual that has to be done, because, like, it's kind of like a passing, like, you're, like you're remembering someone's passing, and, of course, Shuri being Shuri, she, you know, doesn't really believe in, like, you know, rituals and everything. She's more, she's more of a logical person, and, like, believes in science and everything, instead of, like, the spiritual stuff. And that's when they, you know, they come across like Namor. And Namor's like, hey, you know, I kind of need Wakanda's help. Or like, you know, because, you know, they're, they're finding Vibranium and they're all like, well, how the fuck does Vibranium exist outside of Wakanda? And shit like that. But of course, you know, before that, you know, the military found like the machine underwater. Like that, that, that find that found vibranium, but of course, you know that was in territory of Namor and his people. Yeah, and so the the Talokan people attack the boat, and I'm pretty sure that that lady that was there, the head scientist, I guess, mm-hmm. whoever that was, I think that's Lake Bell who plays uh, Poison Ivy in the Harley Quinn show, <laughs> and oh, really? also uh, Black Widow and What If. I'm pretty sure that was her. She's in the cast. But I, I, I was, I'm pretty sure that was her. Um, but yeah, that sequence was really cool uh, with all the, with all the, I keep wanting to say Atlanteans, uh, with the all the Talokan people attacking the government. That was fun. Uh, and then we have that. Oh, oh, there was that beautiful uh, sequence where Angela Bassett. The fuck is her character's name? Um, Rwanda. Yeah, Rwanda. She's uh, she's at the the UN. Uh, yeah, the, the UN, and she and they're basically like, "Hey, I thought you were going to share your shit with us." And and then she's like, "The the audacity of you people!" <laughs> and of course, it's intercut with um, uh, an attack on Wakanda trying to get their resources and whatnot. And of course, they get fucking fried by the Dora Milaje. <laughs> Uh, yeah, which was a really sick sequence, and you know they bring the guys in as a fucking mic drop. That was sick. <laughs> she was like, "Try us." <laughs> she was like, "Come at us, see what happens." <laughs> um, yeah, that was really really good. I was surprised by the way the I almost said Atlanteans again, the Telecon people, the way they like talk underwater, like it's normal, but it's not like it wasn't like Aquaman. Yeah, it was just like normal, normal. There was like it, it was like slowed down a little bit. Mm. I thought that was really cool, uh, and the whole city looked great. Yeah, it was really, really, really beautiful. Maybe a little dark. Maybe a little dark. Suppo- yeah, at some points, bit. I was like, I don't know, can I see this? <laughs> I don't know if I can see this. Uh, yeah, that was all. That stuff was was great. Um, and then the movie really kicks into gear when uh, I can't, I keep wanting to say Atlantis. I can't get over it <laughs> when when Talokan attack. But before that, they try to get Riri Williams because Riri Williams is a person that built the vibranium 
detector or whatever, but she didn't realize it was going to be used for government purposes. She just did it for some school thing. And I guess the government got a hold of it because they were like, Ooh, tech for us. Uh, but before that, Shuri like infiltrates the school and when she knocks on Riri Williams door, <laughs> she goes, yo, <laughs> this is Riri Williams or whatever. I don't remember what she said, <laughs> but she does it in an American accent, which was fucking hilarious. That whole sequence is great with uh, Shuri. That code switch. Yeah. <laughs> with Shuri and Okoye, right? That was Okoye. Yeah, 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 Okoye. Uh, yeah, that that was great. And how Ruby Williams insulted her makeup and stuff. And she's all self-conscious about it. That was great stuff. <laughs> um, and, and, and like, you know, of course, you know, she, she was attacking. Or, or yeah, Ruby was attacking uh, Okoye with like stuff. And she was like, oh, you know, like your, your, your fancy heater. And shit like that. It was fucking hilarious. Yeah. Which is, of course, well, not of course, but like, she was like, she was like, oh, you with your heater. Good luck beating Namor with that. And then they beat Namor with a heater. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I also wanted to say, you know, um, I feel like the most of the complaints uh, going around with, you know, like, I, I think it's what I, what, I, what I wanted to say earlier is that like the complaints of, you know, just, phase four in general of T about like how you know there's not enough seriousness and there's like a lot of like jokes um the humor in this movie was i think it's like you know pretty it's pretty well balanced yeah because because like of course you know this is being a more emotional movie in a more serious movie the the comedic tones like um it, it felt i'm not saying before it felt forced, but like the dialogue in this movie, what I liked the most, it felt very natural. And so I feel like, yeah, the comedy was, the comedy and humor was, you know, very, very, very well executed in this movie. I agree. Uh, we get that fight between the FBI and Shuri, Riri, and Okoye, uh, which is great. Of course, she puts on her prototype Iron Man suit. And the guy goes, oh, shit, she got an iron. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was really good. And then, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure she killed a bunch of people. <laughs> it's cool, though. <laughs> iron Man style. Um, right, I mean. Akoya is being a badass as usual. And then, of course, the uh, Talokan people attack. And, oh, man, I thought Akoya was going to die. I was so scared. <laughs> I was, I was, I was, I was worried. I was worried for her life, but uh, of course they take Riri Williams and Shuri after they uh, friggin' blast Okoye into the water. Uh, Shuri goes to protect Riri and uh, they both get taken to Talokan. And at Talokan, you know, Namor's there and he's, he tries to uh, explain everything to Shuri and he explains his backstory and stuff. They eat that plant or whatever. They drink the plant, and then they turn blue. But then they're not blue. Do you know what? Yes. Yeah, so, so, so I, so I feel like um, that, that that's what I noticed in the um, in in the movie. They can like definitely change like their look because I know in some in some parts like when they're underwater they're like regular people, and like when they're in the surface world they're like they're blue. But then they can also be blue underwater as well. It also so. seemed like maybe like the warriors were blue and mm-hmm. maybe the regular people aren't. It seems random. I don't know. I felt like that they should have maybe made all of them blue. And then because Namor is like, not like, yeah, he's, he's not fully like that. He's like, he, he yeah, could be like, he is regular skin normal. Skin. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like they should have just picked one over the other and went with it. But I don't know. It just seemed, it just seemed random. I don't know. Uh, but it's not. It's a, that's a nitpick. Uh, I'm not like too bothered by that. But yeah, his backstory was really, really good. Of course, like back in Aztec times or whatever, and uh, they lived in the water, and then they came back to bury his mom. But then she was taken over by colonizers and stuff, and they slaughtered them all as they should. I said, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah, kill them, <laughs> get them all." Um, so clearly, on that level, I imagine Namor is is. No, not only trying to be sympathetic, which he was, but also uh, uh, sort of appeasing to Shuri and sort of like explaining where he's coming from. But all of that, I was I was like, 
because he was he was trying to justify killing Riri. He's like, we got to kill the scientists because you know all the look what look look what the uh, foreigners did to our place or whatever. But I'm like, that's that ain't no reason to kill her though. <laughs> like, sure he could have been like, look, she made the thing, but like she wasn't behind using it. Like, I mean, I I think there was ways around that uh, that uh, could have been very easily avoided, but is what it is. Um, obviously Angela Bassett's character, Rowana is really upset about Shuri missing. Uh, she strips Okoye of uh, general status uh, from the Dora Milaje, which sucks <laughs> that's that's horrible and then she goes to nakia to help get shuri back uh because she's a spy or she was a spy for wakanda and she goes and finds shuri and riri and in the process kills two people two talokan people uh which of course <laughs> you know uh in like I was alluding to earlier, how people were complaining about how, you know, maybe it felt, it felt a little petty. I mean, this is, I feel like that's, this is the part that checks out because it's like, they don't know as far as they understand, they just took Shuri and Riri. And so to the Wakandans, it's like, okay, that's an act of aggression. But of course to the Talokan people, that's not an act of aggression, but now they killed two of their people. So now, now it's real serious. Now that's a huge act of aggression. Um, so they bring Shuri and Riri back to Wakanda and then the Talokan people full on attack Wakanda. I mean, when the water, when, uh, Nakia was talking to Okoye. Yeah. Uh, and the water was like creeping in. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> then everything just starts exploding. Yeah. Oh, we didn't even talk about freaking M'Baku. Bro was... <laughs> Mbaku had some of the most like critical dialogue in the movie. Yeah. Very, very, very important. And the funniest. Yeah, for sure. Uh, um, but uh, so, yeah, everything started to get destroyed by by the Talokan people. And yeah, Neymar was just wrecking shit, man. And now he was like, he was zero stepping in midair, destroying everything. This is my favorite action sequence in the movie. All, all that one yeah this one yeah um and also i love how they showcased his you know his strength with the slow motion when he like hits um you know mbaku's uh chest plate yeah that, that was that was great i was afraid yeah, he was gonna motion. die too at some point i know the slow motion sequences were really really well in this movie yeah and of course we get the part where uh rwanda dies trying to save riri um by the hands of namor and ooh, namor's a namor's a he's a fucking menace that this i mean this entire sequence him just obviously you know drowning her and then all the all the people coming in to help them and you know that all of that was emotional in its own right and then I forgot exactly what what he said, but I I do know he said like to Shuri like you are queen now and fucking flies. I'm like God damn, that's cold. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> like oh, and of course like super uh, everything about that was just perfectly done in my opinion. That that whole sequence was incredible. Um, definitely, and then of course because. I, well, I mean, what, what did Namor think it was really going to get out of that, right? Because <laughs> now Shuri's real pissed. And um, pretty much at this point, she decides, okay, I got to do the Black Panther thing now. And she also doesn't, I don't know if she necessarily denies it, but she's she's not queen. Um, I guess technically, like, through, like, bloodline, she was, she she has the, she's the rightful heir to the throne, but she doesn't accept it. Um, yeah, which we sort of see at the end of the movie, but uh, we'll get to that when we get to when we get to that. But she goes to become the Black Panther. Uh, she tries to figure out the uh, plant thing because Namor gave her a bracelet which has traces of the vibranium laced plant, I guess, on it. So she was able to recreate the heart shaped herb, and of course, she takes it with 
Nakia and Riri, and she goes to the ancestral plane, and who does she see? She sees our boy, Killmonger. The boy. With long hair. And all right. Looked good. Definitely. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think every uh, most people at this point were probably expecting Angela Bassett's character. He was a big surprise. I was not expecting to see him in this at all. Right. I don't think I don't think there was even a rumor. I don't think. I'm sure there's a leak or something good, that good, I didn't good, see. But Good thing they kept that under, under wraps very, very well. Yeah. Um, yeah, this whole, this whole sequence was great here. Her trying to like be against him and yet, you know, he, he made some good points that she was, she was, she and her are a lot more alike than she would like to let on. And usually it's like when a villain's like, we're a lot alike you and I, it's like, it comes, it's really cliche, but in this case, uh, it works (laughs) because in a lot of cases it, it is true. She's fighting with her emotions. She's very blunt. She's uh, she's she's willing to do the things that a noble king or queen like T'Challa wouldn't do. And he even calls she he, she he's he's even like a T'Chaka was too. I don't remember ex- her his exact wording, but it, but like the fact that he would he's willing to like kill his own brother and stuff like that. He's not. Uh, he wasn't necessarily the best king, and he said T'Challa was too noble. How he wasn't—he wasn't—he uh, he wouldn't do enough, and so—and—and and he was saying that he was the only one who was willing to do what needed to be done. And he basically told Shuri that you need to do the same thing, and so she takes that advice and goes. You know, she's Black Panther now. <laughs> she goes to M'Baku and, and the Black Panther suit, and they're like, ooh, Black Panther lives. And, you know, M'Baku does his thing. Is <laughs> his, They call him Kul Kul Khan, the, <laughs> the Feather Serpent King, which is, that just bounces around in my head constantly. I cannot hear it. They do not call him General or King. They call him Kul Kul Khan. Anyway, um, her and M'Baku talk you know what, what what's the right way to go about this if they need to fight him at all and and whatnot and of course they decide to go fight him but um meanwhile the america's the there's the Wakandans the, the wakandans are essentially being framed for a lot of the attacks that the talokan people are, have been uh dishing out and of course we see everett ross who apparently <laughs> was married to freaking val <laughs> That was a huge surprise. I should like I actually liked um, um, Valentina a lot in this than I was expecting. I did too. We knew she was going to be in this due to some set photos, and I thought it was going to be like maybe a credit scene or something like that. I thought I, I saw some people saying like it, there was a lot of annoying like setup for future stuff in this movie, but I didn't get that at all. Especially from this, I think this is mainly what people were talking about with that kind of complaint. But like. Everett Ross is going to be in Secret Invasion, but nothing in this even comes close to any Secret Invasion anything. And Val is very Thunderbolts focused, but nothing about her part in this plays anything into Thunderbolts other than her being maybe like a higher, a a more, uh, a more prominent like government or, or military or whatever agency she's a part with official like it's not some underground thing so maybe i guess that but i I don't know whatever it didn't to me it didn't feel like set up for anything other than that these characters are here (laughs) and they're married they or they were married um but yeah they were i thought they were great the they played a relatively small part but uh i didn't i didn't feel like they were shoehorned in um and then this is the third act happens or not, you know, not happens, but we get further into the third act with what looked like the 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 uh, Titanic in the sea. Yeah, I saw some people complain about like how it was dumb of the Wakandans to attack the 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 Talokan people on a boat in their in their you know their turf, but the whole point of that was to lure them by yeah, making them, it seem like more. Yeah, to get Namor and to lure them by making it seem like there was another one of those devices 
which would only make sense in the water. And they're using the sound waves to deter them while Shuri gets Namor. So, and the plan worked anyway, but <laughs> although at the end when they were done and there was like, there was a ridiculous amount of Talaka, I mean, they were going to die if it went on any longer. <laughs> um, but I guess they also weren't expecting them to destroy the, the sound thing. Um, but yeah, that whole, that whole fight was really, really good. We got Riri Williams in her, in her sleek armor. I thought it looked great. I saw some people complaining about it. I don't know what there is to complain about, to be honest. I thought it looked awesome. Um, she was wrecking shit. I mean, Mbaku, Okoye, uh, whatever her name is, uh, the, uh, they were wrecking shit as the, what are they called? What do they call something guardians? I think what? the suits thing they had on to like, Oh, the midnight warriors. Yes, 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 yes. That's it. That was fantastic. Yeah. Did you um, agree that the suits looked ugly? I mean, they're fine. I mean, I don't, I mean, of course there's always, there's always going to be better armor, better designs, yeah. but I mean, I, th- I think they're fine. I, I like the color scheme though. That little teal blue. Yeah. Looks nice. Like gold accents and stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's good. And, uh, of course, we get Shuri trapping uh, Namor inside the ship, and they blast him with heat and stuff to dry him out, to make him weaker. And he blows up the ship, and then they land in the desert, and they have their fight in which Namor almost wins. Now, my question to you is, was Namor beat too easily? No. I mean, they they literally explain in the movie how like he's literally half human so he's gonna when he's not in water long enough he's gonna have you know human like tendencies you know to want water and to like sweat i don't think he was beat too easily i mean he's going to get going up against shuri after all who like is smarter than namor and everything else but i don't think that he was beat too easily when the the plan was literally explained to them in the movie all along and it worked. So fair enough. Uh, the fight here was great. Obviously a massive step up from the, from the third act fight in the first black Panther. Um, it was, it felt very, it felt very Spider-Man one. Yeah. It very quiet and just brutal brawl, you know, um, I'm sure he got straight up got shanked. That was great. <laughs> yeah, she, yeah, she got stabbed hard. Yeah, and then um, she pulled herself off the thing, which was gross. Um, and then, yeah, the, I mean the whole. I mean there. Oh, oh, was she ripped off his fucking wing? Yeah, I, I was, was like, like damn. damn. <laughs> <laughs> um, but of course, sure, he gets the upper hand, and he almost uh, kills him. But then. She gets a vision from Rwanda telling her, like, hey, don't don't do that. <laughs> she was like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and basic, they basically have an alliance, basically. Yeah, they basically have an alliance. Which was Namor's goal all along. So in a way, he won. So it's like, I feel like in that in that sort of final sequence with Namor and that one uh, or one soldier or whatever was like, I never thought you'd kneel. And he was like, he was like, I mean, I technically got what I wanted. I felt like it was both like a, in the end, I got what I wanted, not in the way I wanted, but it's still kind of humiliating. <laughs> it's yeah. still like, I don't think he lost on purpose. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And like, basically he was like saying like, you know, she showed me empathy, which was like, fine. And it's like, Talakon's going to be stronger with, with Wakanda's help. Like, and they need us. We're always going to be there. So. I mean, it works out in the end. Indeed it does. But yeah, that's pretty much, that's pretty much the the bulk of the main movie. I mean, obviously there's, there's stuff towards the end, but yeah, so that's, that's pretty much all that. Obviously Wakanda ends up on top. Even though Wakanda got fucking nerfed hard in this movie. Yeah. It was crazy. They got nerfed hard. (laughs) But of course, you know, it works in the end. Yeah. I mean, you can also explain it by, you know, T'Challa's not there. They don't really have. Yeah that kind of leader they're, anymore yeah they don't have a leader that much so, and so so yeah like you know after that you know there's a there's a 
kind of like what the re- reminiscent of the first Black Panther, you know, with the, with the challenge at the waterfall. But Shuri doesn't show up because, of course, you know, she doesn't want to become like the the leader. And so Mbaku challenges everyone, any other clan, to be the uh, protector of Wakanda. Which and means he'll probably win, which means he'll probably be king of Wakanda. Yeah. Which is which I'm down. something he wanted. He wanted that for the first Black Panther. Yeah. Which is good. I trust him. Um, I trust him as well because he, he has shown lots of character development in this one movie alone. And the first movie as well. Yeah. Um. So we go back to, uh, of course, you know, uh, Shuri and Riri. They, you know, of course, you know, they're, they're friends. Um, Shuri rebuilds Riri's dad's. Um, I forgot which car that is. I know it's like a seventies like Charger Challenger. I I have no idea. Look, look, I I, I don't remember right now. I all I know is that it was. Black and red, my two favorite colors. Um, she can't take the suit with her. Yeah, of course she can't take the suit painful. with her because you know, that's property. But of course, you know she's always going to make another one for her show. Probably a little bit more comic accurate, but you know we'll see how that looks. And so, um, Shuri goes to Haiti to visit um, Nakia, and she. Um, is going to do the ritual like with uh, with like like how Rwanda did in the uh, beginning of the movie, but of course you know she wants to do it alone, and then we get cut with the the flashbacks and like a montage of a uh, Chadwick Boseman pain yeah that that fucking that fucking hit hard pain um like yeah I, I know that Ryan Coogler was smiling and crying. He was like, yeah, I'm going to attack them with emotional pain, but I'm also crying along with them. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we get uh, we get hit with that that uh, sleek little montage. And, of course, we get a surprise. Uh, pretty big one. Yeah, pretty big the one. one I was certainly wasn't expecting. And, of course, you know, during, uh, you know, you know, during the events or after Endgame, for sure. Actually, it was sure be no. It was before Endgame. Somewhere in between the lines, Nikia has a kid with T'Challa. Well, that kid's got to be like that kid's like six. Yeah, definitely like probably six or so. Seven. He probably she was probably pregnant during Infinity War. Yeah, and then she dipped. Yeah, she dipped to Haiti. Right to give to yeah, yeah. yeah that checks out. Then, that checks out. And then Nikia Maybe tells. Nikia tells Shuri that there, there's a reason why she, she didn't go back to Wakanda is because they had a ceremony here or here is in Haiti for him because he knew that he was like he he knew he was going to die and they wanted to plan something for him. And of course, she brings out the kid and the kid is Prince T'Challa the second. Incredible. I feel like Fucking this incredible. should appease but probably won't appease the recast T'Challa crowd because I feel like this is the best of both worlds to be honest yeah uh because we can still have Chadwick's T'Challa who's still we can put on that pedestal and we can still have another T'Challa that's doesn't it's still T'Challa but it's still it's still not the same T'Challa so that like that legacy can't be tainted you know yeah I think I think this, I think this works. It, 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 it works, yeah. And you know, you know how time is. You know, like in two years, the kid's gonna be like eighteen. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so we so do yeah, a, it, in King Dynasty. We have another time jump or something. Yeah. So yeah, we're gonna. So yeah, it it, it, it works out. So it's it's gonna work out. Um. But yeah, like that's the end of the movie. There's no post credit scene. And like, yeah, that was a mid credit scene. Yeah, but so the fact that Doctor Doom wasn't in this though, yeah, it makes it a one out of ten. Huge disappointment. Um, I'm just there was only one cameo in the movie, and like that wasn't even like enough. Yeah, and it's like, like he's tied to the Black Panther crew, so like, who cares? Like, why didn't we get to see like Laveria, which was supposed to be old Sokovia? Like, exactly. So weird. Like, who's like they didn't even mention it. Right, Ridiculous. such a bad, such a bad movie. MCU's going downhill. They peaked at Endgame, right? But 
any, but overall, like this, yeah, this this movie was just wonderful. Definitely was just wonderful. Agreed. I definitely need to re- need to rewatch it. I definitely need to rewatch it as well. It's a and long movie. <laughs> it, yeah, for how long the movie is, it definitely felt very short. But overall, like, yeah, this movie was this movie was just great. Like, I, 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 that's really all I have to say. Like, I mean, I, that's I can all say I it's great. All, that's, that's all like, I can say it's great a thousand times over. But I mean, like I said, like this this movie is definitely like very crafted beautifully, and Ryan Coogler definitely deserves like his props. Yeah, for for, for what for what he had to do. Great film. It'll probably win an Oscar for best costume design again. Because sure. I mean, yeah, everyone was dripped out in this. I mean, people were dripped out in the first one, but this one, oh, people were mm-hmm. dripped out crazy. Seriously, <laughs> of course. Uh, Ludwig Gorenson, whatever, uh, <laughs> his score again, just incredible. The, like the, the, I think it's the Dora Milaje theme, the whoop, 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 that thing. Yeah. Great. I love it. <laughs> Every time it comes on, <laughs> it's sick. Um, yeah, I think, I think that's everything. Just overall great movie. Will it get a best picture nomination <laughs> like it did the first time? <laughs> Probably we'll not. See. Uh, no. Overall, yeah, the cinematography <laughs> was was great. Yeah, and the Marvel Studios seem to be stepping up their cinematography game, which they've needed to for a bit now. Yeah. But yeah, is that the show? That is. All right. Well, thank you everyone uh, for listening to the Avengers podcast. If you want to follow us, we're at Avenge Nerds on Twitter. That's A V E N G E Nerds, all one word. We're also on Mastodon if Twitter implodes. So, <laughs> if, you want, if you want to follow us there, you can do that. Um, if you want to, uh, if you want to follow either one of us, you can reach me at it's Zenith underscore on Twitter. Where can they reach you? Uh, nowhere. Just follow our social medias. Yes, yes. Um, you could uh, you could also go to our Discord if you want to join the conversation there. All of those will be linked in the description or the show notes. You can also check out our link tree for any additional links you may be interested in. You can also review the show in-app on Apple Podcasts. If you leave five stars in a review, it would really help us out. Thanks again for listening to the Adventures Podcast. We'll see you next week with a Phase 4 ranking. Later.